Hey everyone, welcome to the Real Estate by Relationship podcast. I'm your host, Barb Betts. Today, I am very excited to bring to you Miss Renee Funk. Renee Funk is the co-founder of the Funk Collection powered by EXP Realty. Renee and I have met through the Inman community and we are Inman ambassadors together and we have quickly become close friends. She is out of the Orlando, Florida area where she helps run her team with her amazing husband. She has a very interesting background, but most importantly is a MBA sponsor for the Orlando Magic. Renee and I today are going to speak all about relationships, our passion for relationships, how to ask for referrals, all about having grace and compassion in your business, and most importantly, a few secrets on how to work with your spouse. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. Welcome to the show, Miss Renee Funk. I'm so happy to have you here. Now, fun fact about Renee and I are we met not too long ago. Um, really got connected through the Inman community. Many of you listening know what the Inman community is. We are both Inman ambassadors for Inman Connect, and I am just I've fallen in love with you, girl crush over here. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Miss Barbara Betts, it is so, I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate the invite. And yes, isn't it crazy to think that we just more recently met because you ever have those connections, you just feel automatically there's so much in common and we just kind of clicked real fast. And ever since then, I'm a huge fan and um, thanks for all the awesomeness you provide on social media because I I totally stalk your social media. I'm just going to say it. I stalk your social media like... What's Barb drinking tonight? What's going on in her world? You are so sweet. Well, I stalk you on Clubhouse and we should chat a little bit about Clubhouse today. So um, I love that about our industry is you can find awesome practitioners in areas that you are not as strong in. And, you know, we've talked so much on the Real Estate by Relationship podcast about, you know, R&D. Lee Brown says it, rip off and duplicate. My other friend, Brad Knoll says swipe, which is swipe with integrity practically every Everything. None of us are re- none of us are making or creating anything brand new. We're really all borrowing what we see work and making it our own. And I feel like that's exactly how you and I have morphed together. And we have other things in common, like we both work with our spouses. So Yay you for spouses, Jeff Funk, and I work with the amazing Harold Betts. And um, we've chatted a few minutes before we hit record about how we both are the talkative, you know, bubbly lead generation relationship masters. And our husbands are kind of more the workhorses. So analytical, they are such good, so good at customer service. And so let's start out with, you know, what is it like to work with your husband? Cause I know the number one question I get asked is I want to work with my husband, but how do you guys do it? That is the number one question Jeff and I are asked is how do you do it? So little context, Jeff and I have been together for 20 years now, and we have worked together closely together for about 18 and a half of those 20 years. Wow. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I married up. He's my better half. Um, He changed my world. He's my hero. And he and I are like bookends. Mm -hmm. I think how it works for us is we know our lane. 
And let me just say about knowing your lane. Can I just say, I can't stand that phrase. When I say it, I kind of cringe a little because to me, it's like, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. I'm not talking about staying in your lane. I'm saying acknowledging what your lane is. And for spouses who work together, I know what my strengths are and my lane strengths. He knows what his are. We stay in those lanes and complement each other. Yep. I would say it's also know your role, right? Know your role in the business and the relationship. Harold and I both have a very specific job description and friends listening, this is advice for you, whether or not you work with a spouse, a partner, an assistant, you have to have clearly defined job descriptions. There are certain things that I do as the broker um, of the company with our agents and our team. There are other things that he does with our team as more of a sales manager role. Um, We know where our strengths and weaknesses are. And I think that's the key. You said it, not in so many words, but the reason it works for Renee and I to work with our spouses is because we married the opposite of us. And any good business relationship is about opposites and about both of you having your own strengths that you bring to the relationship. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. And also in our marriage, we have no like showboating or jealousy, like because we have different strengths and weaknesses, we want to make the other one shine in those. And when they shine, 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 we're just like, yeah, go get it. Cause that's you. And this is me. And we have the same North star. Yep. And, and, you know, Barb, that's interesting that you make the correlation between whether we have administrative staff or partners or whatever the commonality roles are. Number one, identifying what your North Star is, the why, the direction you're headed, and then understanding strengths and weaknesses. So you complement each other and just like shine like crazy down that path. Yeah. My husband, when people ask him, you know, is it challenging, you know, with Barb kind of being in the spotlight of real estate and kind of being the forefront, does that ever bother you? And he always goes, checks go in the same account. (laughs) He says that every time he's like, there's no competition between us. The checks go in the same account. He's like, I really could care less who name, whose name is brighter than the other name, you know? And um, I think that Having that same unified goal for us, it's always been rallying around our family and our children and family goals. Now that our children are grown a little bit, it's turning into more of our own personal goals for wealth and and life and what we want to do. But we're always, you are correct, we're always rallied around that same why and we are always headed in the same direction. Um, We're definitely in the same book. We're definitely on the same page and we're usually in the same paragraph, right? So- I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say Jeff and I are always in the same paragraph. We might not be <laughs> like that, but I will share one other little fun fact too about us is that up until about a month ago, we literally shared the same office. And I mean, like really intimate space, two desks, face to face, the whole nine yards and people would come in and say, how are you doing this? We actually feel weird if we're apart. And I know that sounds a little cheesy, but officially, fun fact, I just built, scratch that, Jeff just built my first office where I have my own girl space. You have a she shed? 
Well, it's a she room. Does that she count? Room. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm currently today in, because uh, we're also recording this, you know, visually, I'm in my home office. He is at the office. Uh, we do share an office at the office, but in my Wi-Fi is far better at home, fun fact. And so um, I do most of my recording and everything at home, but it actually has been nice for us to have like in a five-day work week, two or three days I'm in the office, two or three days I'm at home, depending on the week. And that's actually been really good for our marriage because there's that separation where he's busy all day. I'm busy all day. He comes home and we actually have to talk about what happened where when we're sitting right next to each other all day, we kind of know what's going on all day long. So I kind of like the separation and we didn't have the separation at all until COVID. I never worked from home until COVID. So it has been a nice little change. So I, I can, I can see where that is maybe benefiting your business and your relationship. All right, let's move on to the topic of what we're really here for and what I know you all tuned in in for, which is to talk about relationships and referrals. As you guys know, at Real Estate by Relationship, all we care about is the relational way of doing business and interviewing these fine, amazing practitioners from across the United States. We get different opinions and approaches with the same foundational commonality of we care about relationships. And that is why I latched on to Renee so quickly is I could tell very early on that she had the same beliefs I did in relationships. So Renee, give us your kind of thought process or mindset behind working relationally in your business? Well, I have a saying that I I repeat often, and that is come from contribution, earn the relationship. It is that simple. Mm. It doesn't matter what we're doing, what industry for that matter we're talking about. If we come from contribution and earn the relationship, it really is that simple. It's understanding the other human on the other side and understanding their needs, their goals, their dreams, and then how do we serve them in that journey? And so whether we're talking about building stronger referral partnerships with agents around the U.S. and around the globe, if we're talking about strengthening our relationships in our communities, which of course then can be an additional um, referral or connection source, source, earn the relationship. Yeah, and we don't have to be pitchy salespeople because if we put the relationship first, there's an inherent attraction that comes with doing so. Yep. I love what you just said about earn the relationship. So let's unpack that a little bit. Earning the relationship. What are some things that you do strategically before you ask for business to earn someone's relationship? Give us some examples. The first example I would say is understand the questions you need to ask to learn more about the individual, right? And so what is what is each of our favorite topics as humans? We all have the same favorite topic. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It's ourself. Mm-hmm. We love talking about ourselves. It's human nature. It's okay. Yep. So as a sales professional, in order to earn more relationships and of course, spark more conversations, you have to know the right questions to ask. Absolutely. So when you ask, for example, I'm in Orlando. So one of the go-to questions we always ask our customers that we're meeting is, well, what drew you to consider the Orlando real estate market? Or you can micro it down. What drew you to consider the name, the community market? Open-ended questions a must. When we ask open-ended questions about what drew 
the the consumer to consider this next purchase, when we ask them about what drew them to consider the move they're going to make next, whether it's upsizing, downsizing, they had a baby, they need more space for grandkids, whatever it is, you're going to unpack all of these awesomeness that are individual to the human. Mm -hmm. And then you can learn more about how to help them on the path to home ownership. How to serve them. Okay. So let's talk about earning the relationship with our database, with the people that you already know and love in the Orlando area. How do you earn the relationship and the referrals from my favorite example are the clients who say to you, oh, Renee, thank you so much for you know inviting me or, or sending me this in the mail or whatever you do to market to them, but I'm not going to sell my home. I don't ever want to sell my home. What do you do to earn their relationship and their trust? So I, we look at our previous customers, our um, cheerleaders, top advocates, all the humans. Yep. Notice I use that word humans. a lot because they're Love all it. humans, right? Yep. The humans we know, we need to not only earn it, we have to retain it. And yep. so um, Barb, we have a 36 touch point program on a post-close. So after we transact and the closing takes place. We put 36 touches in place for the next 12 months and then on repeat. And that's a combination of strategic emails, postcards, um, events. Mm -hmm. It is a combination of uh, Popeyes, phone calls, all the things. Love it. But what's super, super important is that touch program is what we do to love on our people. And to stay in front of them. When we do have conversations and we do have dialogue with the humans that we're looking to retain in our relationships, we need to ask for the sale. Yep. And the sale is, who do you know right now that's looking to buy or sell in real estate? Yep. They may be in their forever home and that's perfectly okay, but I'll tell you who they know. They know the neighbors. They ran into friends at the grocery store, all the places they go. It's to embed a command with each of those people we love on to remind them when they hear real estate, they think Renee Funk, they think the Funk Collection, they think call this person. Yes. Yes. I love saying it's about earning the right to stay top of mind. And you mentioned something um, you that I think you're correlating to what I like to say is you also are responsible for renewing the relationship, right? Yeah. You can't just close a transaction. They loved you. Everything went well. And then you just, you know, mail them a bunch of postcards for 12 months. There has to be human connection. There has to be um, relatable connection face-to-face. There has to be noticing things on social media. I'm a huge proponent of taking the online offline, right? Taking the mm-hmm. fact that your client shared that they're having a baby and sending them a baby gift. Those are examples of renewing the relationship. And then when you're hitting them with the, with the what's going on in the market, the voice of real estate, all the marketing that we do as real estate agents, they're like, wow, Renee and Jeff, they never forget about the birthdays. They never forget about the babies. They never forget about the celebrations in life. And oh, by the way, they're great realtors, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, humans want to work with humans. Good humans want to work with good humans. And it's about staying top of mind and creating that top of mind awareness so that when someone mentions real estate, all they think about is the funk collection, the Betts Realty Group. That's all we're trying to create in our worlds, but it requires earning the relationship and then renewing it each year. And we're not, so we're not real big on farming and for everyone listening, it's not because farming doesn't work. Farming works. Yep. We've just, um, we've iterated and evolved in our positioning that we don't partake in farming any longer. Yep. yep. The current approach we have is 
We love on the people. Customer acquisition is a very challenging and expensive process. So once we have them, we focus on keeping them. So our advertising budget is almost exclusively focused on the retention side. That's the post-close side. Um, Loving on the people and then reminding them. Things like I love sponsoring and we sponsor local schools. Love that. You know, I have... I have a large sponsorship with the NBA. I sponsor my Orlando Magic, but also when agents say to me, well, how do I do that at a smaller scale? Listen, the schools need you. Call them right now. I promise you they need you. So love on the schools. Oh, by the way, that's going to be conversation starters and that's going to help you continue to stay connected with your community and those who live there. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Um, okay. So let's talk about asking for business. We, we chatted a little bit about this before we came on and I love your approach on this. And I just watched one of your videos where you were saying, you know, realtors stop saying this instead say this about asking for business. Um, we can call it asking for referrals. We can call it asking for the order. It's all the same. You can't just love on people without asking every once in a while. Every time I speak to somebody, do I ask for referrals? No, absolutely not. What I want to let, let's talk about how can we help the realtors listening, learn how to ask with excitement, with love, with uh, truly, um, you're, you're, uh, appreciative of their support instead of asking in a sales way. I think asking for business can be so many different platforms. Number one is there's a passive approach we can do from a social media standpoint. We can craft our social media to be almost a constant ask. So when we look at all, we're talking about the humans that we love on, right? We want to make sure we're connected with them all on social media platforms. Yes. We can then show on social media, a documentation of our day, Mm -hmm. which is a very passive way of reminding our connections, what we do. And Barb, you are amazing at this. Follow Barb's Instagram stories as one example of phenomenal approach of like, agents get all worried about what do I say and how do I say it? And how do I create content? Just document your day. Yep. Yeah. Like for just document what you're doing. I'm at an inspection. I'm at my final walk. Oh, I had a closing today. Oh, I need to have a glass of wine. It's the end of the day of a really great week. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Or like last night, it's very stressful submitting all these offers and say prayers for my buyer that pulled out all the stops, right? It, you are you are 1000% correct. So I think that we get caught up on the ask when really, here's the thing, if we're doing it right, then about 20% of the time we should be asking, mm-hmm. legitimately asking, yep. who do you know right now that's interested in buying or selling? Make the yep. connection for me, please. Yep. 80% of what we're doing, whether it's social media, whether it's phone calls, whether it's taking our kids to school, 80% yep. of that should be in a passive relationship focused, how are you? Absolutely. 100%. Asking might Asking might be, I'm going to school today and I have my branded realtor hat on. Yep. Yep. That's an ask, but I'm not asking hundred percent. You are, you are saying all the things that just make my little heart flutter over here. (laughs) And the one thing I would add, and I've, I know I've said it before, but I want to remind all the realtors listening is I've learned to not like the word referral. I use it internally in my company. I use it when I'm talking to other realtors. I use it when I train, but I actually don't use it when I speak to clients. I usually don't use it on social media all the time. What I've learned to say instead is, you know, hey, Renee, 
inventory is so tight right now. I know you're hearing that. I know you're hearing that real estate is doing really well, but the fact is we do not have enough homes to sell to the amount of buyers that are looking for them. Can you do me a favor? If you hear your neighbors talking about selling their home, can you introduce me to them? Yeah. Can you connect us in a text message? Can you connect us in a Facebook message? Can you connect us in an email? Insert whatever you want them to do. And by saying that, the other thing I'm communicating is this is not a referral where I expect you to pre-qualify them, make sure they're qualified or make sure they're ready to sell their home, make sure they don't have a realtor, make sure they're realistic about their price, make sure they're ready to sell in the next seven days. No, I just want to meet them at a point when they're considering making a decision so that I can then go earn the relationship so that they will trust us to sell their home. It's my job, Mr. and Mrs. Friend, to earn the relationship. It's not your job to earn that for me, but I just need to know that they're interested and I need that introduction. And that has transformed my ability to ask more often to ask more uh, casually and not feel like I'm like, uh, uh, well, uh, I work by referral and I need your referrals. And if you give me a referral, I can't give you anything because that's illegal, but I'll take really good care of them. Right. Right. And I really think, don't you think the consumer's confused anyway? Yes. I love that. I think I love that you take the word referral out of it because at the end of the day, it's conversations that yes. we need. Yes. Right. Like I know we as realtors, we're really tired of how many phone calls have you made? How many phone right. calls? I get it. Here's yeah. the thing. It should be how many conversations are you having? Because the yes. conversations deepens the relationships and yep. the deeper the relationships, it's yep. abundant mindset, more comes to you yep. and you cascade more out. So it's about the conversations, it's which about is what conversations you I tell my team. And, and one of the reasons why I think that my agents and I train all my agents to work relationally, that's all we do at our company. And I, um, this is how I track my own business. We track connections, same thing you're saying. And what yeah. do I mean by connections? Well, I may run into Renee in the grocery store. If Renee and I stop in the middle of the frozen food aisle and have a 10 minute conversation about life and I, she asks me about business and I tell her everything I just said about inventory and the market, I go back to my CRM and I log that as a connection. I don't care that I didn't pick up the phone and call Renee. This whole, it has to be outgoing calls. No, it doesn't. It has to be conversations that I call connections where you're connecting with someone else. And guess what? It can be Facebook Messenger. It can be Instagram DMs. It can be running into each other in the grocery store. It can be running into each other outside of Starbucks or in front of your children's school. Are you going back and documenting that conversation in your CRM so you know that you chatted with Renee and then maybe you add something to follow up with her on or write her a note? Send her an Instagram message and say, hey, it was so nice to see you today. You know, your hair was beautiful because maybe she just got done at the hairdresser. I don't know. But this is how when people are like, how do you make so many calls? How do you? I, I don't. I don't sit here and pick up the phone and call a bunch of people. Now, do I call people when it is necessary or when I haven't heard from somebody or when I know someone's having a bad day or someone passed away? Yes, absolutely. I call. But you can also have a lot more connections and conversations if you just realize who you're talking to throughout the day in all the different mediums and options that we have, right? I mean, I assume that you do that all the time, naturally. A hundred percent. Can I share a tactical approach we've been trying more recently? Because it's a little tactical. 
Yes. Cause you mentioned Facebook. So yes. let's, let's touch on that. Over the last about month or so, my team and I have been trying a new tactical approach, which is having wonderful, wonderful success. And that is calling through Facebook chat. Ooh. And what I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I'm guessing one of the reasons why we're getting connection rates as high as we are is because the ringtone is different. So when you call someone through Facebook chat, which, you know, if you go to Facebook chat, there's a phone icon, go ahead and click the phone icon. Interesting. And the ring is different than any of us are accustomed to. So what I am guessing on early, early phase of this is that people are looking at their phone going, what is Wait, that? No, who, yeah, what, where's that what? coming from? Oh, okay. It's Barb. Hi. Love. So give it a try. Early onset, we've been doing it more and more, incorporating that in. Um, obviously, that's a huge advantage if we get them to pick it up more often. Right? Are they answering? <laughs> yes. Wow. Do they answer it like, um, um, hi, how are you calling me? You're calling me on Facebook? Yes, I am. How are you? But guess what I just did? I just looked at their Facebook and I'm like, yep. oh, you had the baby or, oh, yep. you did this. You Absolutely. did that, right? 100%. You had red wine last night. Hey, yes. how was the red wine? Yes. Yes. People, I always tell people, people are telling you everything you need to know online. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening and looking for opportunities to connect offline? Or are you just scrolling by liking, maybe leaving a comment? Yes. Comments are important. I love my friend, Chelsea pipe says, you know, comments are your content. I love that because it's very true. But when you show up separately from that, beyond that, you're going to wow them. You know, I, I had a realtor once tell me that when someone posts that they um, had had a loved one pass away and then I turn around and send a sympathy card, they're like, that's creepy. I'm like, are you kidding me? They shared it on Facebook. They're looking right. for sympathy, empathy, right. and connections. If you hear that realtors, it is not creepy to call a friend and be like, oh my gosh, congratulations on Johnny winning the soccer tournament. That is not creepy because the only way you know that is because Johnny's mom shared it. And Johnny's mom didn't share it to not get a response. Right. That's not what people do. If they don't want you talking to them about it, they're not going to talk about it on Facebook. Okay, I'm going to get off. I get off my soapbox for a minute. By the way, I'm on the soapbox with you. It's all good. It, it just, there's so many opportunities when people are like, I don't know what to say to them. And I don't know how to ask for it. Then don't, don't ask for referrals. Just have relationships with people. Just care about people at a different level. If you care about people at a different level, now at the same time, you have to still be marketing your business. Just caring and loving on people is not enough, friends. It's 80% of it. But 20% of it has got to be marketing about real estate, being the voice of real estate so they don't go somewhere else for the information and so that they don't call someone off the internet and so they don't I mean, we can't do open houses in California, but so that they don't go in open houses in other states and talk to the agent that's standing in there. Yeah, lucky you guys. Um, <laughs> RIP open houses in California for God knows how long. In fact, fun fact, our, our state association has tried to work with the governor's office, but the reality is cats out of the bag. The leadership in the state of California knows that real estate is doing very, very well in California without open houses. So 
there's, there's your little political update from the open house, uh, <laughs> the open house update in the state of California, but let's, let's transition to one more topic. I really want to talk to you about, cause you mentioned this too, before we hopped on and we talked about grace and empathy and we talked about being humans to this process. Mm-hmm. And we all know right now that real estate is really hard, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a listing agent, it's hard in um, the amount of emails and setting appointments and the just busyness of it. But if you are a buyer's agent, we all know it is exhausting. It is emotional. And there is not a realtor I have spoken to in the entire United States that is not suffering this. So let's talk about that for a second, Renee, grace, empathy, and being human to the process. Well, so since March of 2020, um, I feel like I'm on a broken record to remind everybody grace and empathy at the highest level more than we've ever had to extend it out. Um, If we look back to the early onset of the pandemic, I think we started every single morning huddle with my team with, we need to extend grace and empathy, just call from grace and empathy and an open heart, human to human. Here's the reality though, folks, is that it's needed now more than I think it even was back then. If we look at March, April, May, 2020, yes, that was trying times. I personally feel that we have a trying time environment now more than we ever have. And I think we were chatting before we came on about, I have some sensitivity to some of the social media groups Mm -hmm. where we're all going through tough things. And so you might have like a realtor saying this or a realtor saying that. And at the end of the day, buyer's agents are going through an incredibly challenging time. Yep. I do think listing agents are going through an incredible yep. tough time. Yep. And I think that what we're doing is we, if we're doing it right, we are carrying the weight and emotions of our buyers and sellers on our shoulders because that's really what we're there to do, you know, to keep them yep. an arm's length away. Yes. yes. And it is an emotional roller coaster. We have to wake up every day and realize that if we are ever going to truly connect with the humans, we have to wear some of that. Yep. Um, grace and empathy has to lead number one. And then also another thing that I like to share is friends, check on your strong friends. Yes. Check on your strong friends. And I know we can't hug, but like virtually hug every realtor, you know, because while it is a really interesting time in all of our marketplaces, this is tough. It is really hard. It is tough. And we are a part of the facilitation of finding the next home where the buyers are going to build their memories in. And it's not something we take lightly. Mm-mm. They are literally looking to us to say, my next chapter is going to be in this type of home. I'm going to have my family here. We're going to build memories here. And when that has hiccups because the market is inventory so low or whatever the circumstances are, we have to like send virtual hugs to one another. We have a common goal. Yeah. We have a common goal to match the buyers and the sellers and get them across the finish line to the next chapter of homeownership to whatever that means in their family. And it's a big job. It's an important job and it is an essential job. Albeit, Right. (laughs) Amen. I love what you said about grace and empathy. I love what you said about being human to the process. I think that we all need to just take a deep breath and we need to put ourselves in the shoes of when you're a listing agent, you know, I did a little, a kind of Instagram rant the other day about just the courtesy of making sure all the agents know that didn't get the offer accepted send the email, make the phone call, whatever you need to do to let someone know that they were not the recipient. Try to let them know what the difference really was. 
all of that information is something that we as buyer's agents can take to our buyer to give them a little comfort. Don't send the email and then in 20 seconds, update the status in the MLS. Maybe give it an hour or two or maybe a day. There's nothing wrong with accepting a contract in the morning and not updating the status till three o'clock. No one's going to die. But that gives the agent like myself time to call that client and give them the unfortunate news before they see the status update happen in the MLS. I am very frustrated when my clients I know are hitting refresh every 20 seconds. And when they see that property go pending or under contract, they know they didn't get it because I would have called them already to give them the great news. Um, The second thing I would say is when you're a buyer's agent, understand the empathy and the grace and compassion you need to give your clients right now. And you need to show that you're just as disappointed and frustrated as they are. And I think that we've become immune to it. And we're like, yep, you didn't get it. Sorry. Yep. They removed their appraisal. Yep. You weren't whatever. I, you know, I know, I know this isn't the news you wanted to hear. We need to stay the positive shining light for them. And even though it's super hard and I am starting to lose sleep over offers and I never used to lose sleep over offers before we have to make sure our clients know that we have got their back. We're on their team and that we're empathetic to what they're going through. Everyone needs that right now. Everyone agents need it and clients need it. You're a hundred percent right. And then also I would share from a realtor standpoint, whether you're a listing agent or a buyer's agent to manage expectations, set expectations on day one. So for the buyer agent friends we have watching the first phone call you have has to be peel the bandaid off, tell them exactly what the marketplace is like. Absolutely. And, and it is better to share with them in that moment they might have to lose a couple. And if this is relevant to your market, right, which most of us are dealing with this is that we may lose a couple, but I will not, uh, there will be no stone unturned. I will do everything we need to do to get it done. And we will find the perfect home for you. Um, I was talking to an agent in another market, a couple, it was a fellow Inman agent. And we were talking about how it can be difficult as a buyer's agent because we might come off being pressure sales Mm -hmm. because it is so hot. And what we were practicing is scripting around. If we talk to our buyers on day one and share with them, we, we may have a 15 minute window to go into this property. We will do the tour and we may have to make a decision in that moment. Are we writing an offer? Absolutely. If we do that before, whether it's in a video conference or whatever our buyer consult is, a phone yep. call, yep. then when we find ourselves in the moment of it actually happening, the consumer understands this is just the way it is right now. It's not a pressure sales situation. No. I couldn't agree with you more. Buyer consultations and setting the proper expectations are the absolute most important thing you can do in your business right now. You would never take a listing without a listing presentation. Buyer agents, why are you working with buyers without having at least an hour proper consultation with them. You don't only need to explain to them the contract and everything they're going to be getting into in the process, but you absolutely hear what Renee said. And I will echo it tenfold. You have to set the standards and expectations that they can expect in this market right now. That way, when stuff does go wrong, you can remind them. Remember when we talked to in our first visit, our first meeting together, remember we talked about this whole I may not in California right now, it's gotten so bad that I sometimes can't even get an appointment on a property. If I didn't get on to showing time or get a hold of that agent within 30 minutes of it being listed, I sometimes cannot even get an appointment because sellers don't want to be gone from their home for 24 hours. And I don't blame Mm -hmm. them. They open up windows from 10 to six, which is a very reasonable amount of time, 15 minutes apart. And that's how many people are trying to see 
one property in Southern California right now, it is hard. So you need to make sure they know that if, if we don't set the appointment right away and you're not available at Saturday at two, when that appointment is, I'm sorry, but we're not getting in the house and I can't yeah. do anything about it. And there's nothing unethical and there's nothing un, you know wrong or illegal with the seller doing that. It's the seller's home and they can set whatever parameters they want. So setting all those kinds of things up front are so crucial to having, yeah. you know, a good experience with your clients. We're not quite seeing that in Central Florida. I know well, you guys have lucky a, a different you. market. It is. But I will say this on this topic of buyer consult is another refreshing silver lining, if you will, is that the consumer's been much more open to do different platforms. So we yeah. do a lot of video conferences. Video conference, just yeah. hop on instead of a phone call, yeah. say, hop on a video conference and let's yep. have a conversation, FaceTime, whatever it is. Yep. And you will then make talk about relationships, you will make a deeper relationship connection yep. even before you've gone out for a single show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Video conferencing and this type of environment is definitely something that I'm grateful for kind of forcing us in, through COVID, right? To do these types of things. And I think the clients enjoy it as well, right? So Renee, you have been a wealth of information. I am so excited. I'm going to listen to this and take copious notes when we are done um, because you've you've dropped some incredible nuggets. I, I hope that everyone's heard them. If the realtors listening have a referral for Orlando or want to connect with you, where is the best place to find you? I'm all over. I love LinkedIn though. So connect with me on LinkedIn. That's my favorite of okay. all of them. You're coming back and we're doing a LinkedIn <laughs> podcast. Thank you for reminding me about that. Cause that could be a whole separate conversation and Barb needs the LinkedIn training. So that's awesome. I am happy to do that. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. And obviously Facebook and Instagram and everyone can find all the places. Renee Funk, correct? I'm at Renee underscore Funk on Instagram though, guys. That's fine. You know, someone else must have had your name. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, who would have thought? They have the best name ever, just saying. Right? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful um, to have you. Grateful for our friendship. And to all of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please hit that subscribe button if you've enjoyed today's episode. And make sure to drop us a five-star review. We would be very grateful for that. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys very soon. Bye, friends. Bye.